You know how many touchdowns Samir White has? Bet you can guess. Nine? He's got nine. <laughs> it was either four or nine. I was like, it's not four. It's definitely nine. <laughs> Welcome back, Georgia football fans. My name is Scott Duvall, and you were listening to episode 291 of the Waiting Since Society podcast. It's been two weeks, but all three of us are back together again, live and in person, as my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, join me on the special Georgia versus Tennessee preview show. The dogs are off to a 9-0 start and carry their number one ranking to face off against an ever-improving volunteer squad up in Knoxville. The three of us have some thoughts and concerns about what might turn out to be Georgia's toughest game this season. Before we begin, a quick mention about our podcast sponsor. You're probably very familiar with El Barrio and the Pine Bar. You know El Barrio as being the place to get the best tacos, the best margaritas, and experience the best overall outdoor dining vibe in Athens. And you'll know the Pine Bar as being that perfect date night spot with wood-fired oysters, amazing tapas, and wine specials. But what about the Root Basin Bar? We've talked about them as a great place to get a whiskey or play golden tea, in fact. But there's something new you need to know. The Root will be opening back up on Mondays, and they're now going to be featuring rotating food truck options from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Mondays going forward. This past week, they featured chicken and waffles. So add that to your calendar, not the chicken and waffles, but to go to the route between 7 and 9 on Mondays to experience the next food truck they're going to be bringing in. All right, you've been waiting for it long enough, and we're here to deliver. Hope you enjoy the Georgia-Tennessee preview show. There's a very... I got glasses upstairs. Y'all can start the podcast, and then I'll... Oh, we haven't... We've been recording all this time? No, I just didn't record. Well, crap, we got to say all those things again. Yeah, wow. I I only have one round of insight in me. Okay. So, uh, hey, uh, we are doing this at 4.30 in the afternoon, which is really weird. Uh, Although it says post-daylight savings time, so it's uh, almost dark. It's going to be dark in a half an hour. I am generally a pro. I know people complain about uh, daylight savings time, but now that my children are not babies anymore, uh, I'm totally fine with it. And frankly... I prefer darkness to the sunlight. I prefer winter to the summer. So uh, now, I that's this a is step right too far. This is this is right in my strike zone. So well, I'm a morning person, so I like it being light in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also morning yeah. I don't, it doesn't bother me terribly. I mean, it's a little depressing when the sun goes down before I get out of the office, but you know, that's not today. I think it bothered me more when I worked in an office, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but now I don't work in an office, so now it's just. It's just it's the same sad light I mean, who does? in my yeah, it's the same it's the same sad light in my uh, in my in my office. But uh, yeah, so I apologize again for uh, missing uh, last week's okay. show. I did not, uh, uh, but my son, my son, we chopped his arm off, so he should be <laughs> he should be. What's your retirement this? plan? So sorry to hear that. And in case you're just joined us, it is the. Tennessee week, guys. Yes, Tennessee. The the a more formidable challenge than perhaps uh, anyone Definitely. else in the SEC East, as yeah. it turns out, which is not the way I would have. You know, it's almost like Tennessee this year is like South Carolina in years past, where you'd want to have them a little bit earlier. No, that's in reverse. It's the inverse of South Carolina. Because remember, when we play South Carolina, second or third game, they'd always be geared up. Spurrier would have had that week off. And then we got Georgia, and then they tank at the end of the season. Till we made his ass quit football. <laughs> Grayson Lambert <laughs> made her quit. Oh, boy. It's been five years. Out of all day. It's been five years since that happened. It has been five years. It's been five years ago today since other things happened. Five years ago today. But, yeah, so we uh, it's Monday, November 8th. Um, anyway, point is, 
That's right. I have no idea what happened November 8th, five years ago. Uh, well, all I remember is during the day going to lunch at Marty's at midday where everyone was singing fight song. And uh, by the end of the night, they were not singing fight song oh. uh, five years ago today. Okay. So, um, yeah. Um, that was the... Uh, anyway, moving on. Yeah. So, um, the... Uh, uh, Tennessee is this week. Um, uh, we this is actually kind of a we have uh, just a little housekeeping before we get going oh, um, yeah. because I hope you enjoy uh, this and next week's show because that will be the last show where we're all together until we preview the SEC championship until game. we meet again. Yes, because uh, Tony is going. <laughs> he's on a boat. Yeah, he's going fast. Yeah, and uh, he'll be on a boat uh, with the drink package as we were reliably informed before this podcast started. And so uh, he'll be. It'll be just me and Scott previewing Georgia Tech, and then uh, Tony will get back, and then we will have uh, an SEC championship game. It's assured, by the way. Even yeah. if you go on StubHub, it's it lists Georgia already playing. Really? On the game. Okay. Yeah. So it is, it is official. Uh, if StubHub says it, it must be. Uh, I'm curious, by the way, before we get going, because this is the type of thing where we can think about. Uh, I mentioned this on the post game podcast before we get into Tennessee. Um, it was remarkable to me. I want to kind of put this out for discussion. It was kind of remarkable to me the number of people that I saw at the tailgate this week. I was like, oh, so I'll see you at the SEC championship game, right? I'll see you there. That'll be great. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to go. We're saving our money for the natty. <laughs> and there's just, I not just, me, baby. It, it feels like, on one hand, I understand the logic. You're still hurting from 2017. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. I don't have any money to save. Lots I got a credit card, <laughs> so I'm going. Yeah, I think everybody kind of dipped into the mortgage a little bit on that one. Uh, but I do think that uh, uh, it's one thing. It, it, I think it, nothing else can tell you more about the shifting mindset of the Georgia football fan this year. The idea that not only are people thinking that way, they actually feel comfortable saying so out loud in mixed company, and that. Uh, and I don't even necessarily think that's. Uh, it, it's it's not wrong until it's very very wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, we to be fair, we have gone from ugh, Liberty Bowl, no Independence Bowl to yeah. it's our second Sugar Bowl in a row. To yeah. I'm only going if it's Indianapolis. So <laughs> to yeah, I'm skipping the skipping the SEC championship game and skipping the playoff game and the playoff uh, game. whatever boring plays that is. Uh, with their, oh, they're only playing like Oregon or somebody. <laughs> I don't know. There is, it is kind of wild when you think about it that yeah. uh, that they've gotten to that spot. But that's what happens, A, when you have a team that's dominated everybody yeah. ever since the first oh, game yeah. of the year. Yeah. And B, it's uh, uh, has – the rest of college football is not – put it this way. Alabama does not – if Alabama beats Texas a and I don't know <clears> if people are being so – like that's my theory about that. Yeah, I, I agree. Is that oh, yeah. completely? Is yeah. that is yeah. that the even, fact even that with Al- Alabama looking like yeah. they've looked? You're the, right. The feeling that Alabama seems not only potentially mortal, but even might not even make it to the playoff. I think has put in people's minds a little bit that uh, this. It's not just that this team is good. I actually I do not think it's just that. I think it is that there's nobody else that feels like a formidable challenger in Alabama themselves seems down. And I yep. think that's why. I think that's why. Oh, and again, I don't agree with that. it yeah. still feels like they're going to play Alabama in the SC Championship game, and we'll find out once and for all. I would argue, um, I'll put it this way, if you told me one game I would go to, the SEC Championship game or the playoff, first playoff game, if there is a second, of course, um, I would take the SC Championship Absolutely. game. You're still playing Alabama, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, better, like that's, no, the, that's the ghost you got to vanquish. Yeah, instead of going to Miami to watch them play Cincinnati. Yeah, so. Well, that's the ghost you got to vanquish. That's yeah. exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And I don't think there's any question about it. And, and again, maybe it won't happen. That Auburn could still beat them, in which case it would be Texas A&M, in which case uh, I think it would make the ticket prices go down <laughs> considerably for that game. But uh, the idea that, that uh, it speaks to how 
kind of incredible this season has been, but also how, you know, one of the things I've, uh, I wrote about this uh, for, for when I was talking about the Braves from MLB a couple of weeks ago was, you know, Georgia fans, and I say this with Braves fans, but I, I always, it's always to the prism of Georgia fans for me. I know it's uh, general and sports fans, but it's not like Boston fans. Boston fans were convinced that the fates had put together and they were going to be cursed the rest of their lives. And this was some sort of cosmic justice or cosmic horrible thing that happened to them. They were fatalistic down to the very end. Georgia fans I found are not like that. When they are winning, we are the best team in the world and no (laughs) one can possibly stop us. And then when they lose, it's a, I knew it. We were never going to do it. We're cursed. We're cursed. We're cursed. Now I would argue that's trying to get the best of both fan worlds. But and, whatever, and? <laughs> yeah. but whatever. Who cares? Uh, I, I, but I, I do think that uh, I hope that everyone that is doing the, I'll skip the SEC championship game because I'm saving up for the Natty. I don't know if have you have been to Indianapolis in early to mid January. I don't know. It is not uh, Pasadena. I'll put it, it that way. It was cold last week in Sanford. Can you imagine the difference? Well, so, but it is inside. Yeah. I ain't even care. Yeah, and Indianapolis is a lovely, <laughs> lovely town. For it's a perfect place to host games. That's actually if it's if you're not if it's not going to be in Atlanta or if it's not going to be in Pasadena or something it, or Los Angeles, it, it's a great place for it to be <laughs> if you're even able to get there. But I would just say that like it does feel. Let's, Indianapolis almost is made to host these things. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. There's a reason that in some tournament we're like, oh, we have to keep in the bubble. Obviously, Indianapolis is yeah. the place we're going to do it. Like they've got all the hotels, everything's downtown. You can walk everywhere. That leads to a pretty positive experience. And they got habit trails through three quarters yeah. of downtown. Yeah, and so there's just and there's water through there. It's it's it's, it's a nice town. Yeah. for for events. Perfectly like fine. Yes. Um, but speaking of the SEC championship game. If I've done my math right, you know how many times Georgia will have represented the, uh, counting this year the SEC East. Six? Nine. Nine. Very important number. Go ahead, Will. <laughs> there we go. Uh, A little foreshadowing. And, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I it, it was definitely, the, it's an interesting vibe, particularly as maybe this good transition in Tennessee, heading into what I think is clearly, like, I'm, I'm not scared of Tennessee, but I don't think there's any question that this is the toughest game. That, that Not only this is the toughest game in the schedule remaining until the SC Championship game, I think you can make an argument that this feels like this is t- me not having any drinks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You said you weren't drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I just started talking about the potential of a tough game. Um, this feels like the toughest game, other than Clemson, like without any question. I, I yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, and not because Tennessee is better than all of those teams, but because Tennessee is like, listen, but they figure something out. Yeah, yeah, they figure something out, and they're scoring like crazy. Yeah. and that's a team that Georgia hasn't played yet. Like yep. Georgia has not played a team yet that is scoring thirty five some odd big number, uh, big points a game. Not now. One not, of the reasons, not in this way. Not yeah, in this way. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, like the, it will be the first. It's something they have not faced yet. They've not faced a hot quarterback. They've not faced a team that's scoring a lot of points. They will have to, uh, which I think is good. That's probably the ideal thing. Is eventually you will face a team like that theoretically. Uh, but I think this is a really really interesting game. And I'm kind of, it's it's a little bit more fun because it's not. You know Tennessee's not three and seven or three and six right now. Like they're hot. You're getting them at their best. That's good because if even Tennessee being at the best, if Georgia can't handle them pretty easily at their best, then that's a red flag for what's moving forward. Yeah. And the the, the quarterback transfer from Virginia Tech uh, grad transfer Hendon Hooker last week versus Kentucky, a ranked team. By the way, is their first ranked team that they beat mm-hmm. since 2018. They also beat Kentucky when they were ranked. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Hooker was 15 of 20, 316 yards, four touchdowns. And four of those passes was a 75-yarder to Javante Payton, 
a 72-yarder to Vellis Jones, 41-yarder to Jalen Hyatt, and a 38-yarder to Cedric Tillman. So they're having a lot of explosive, play, explosive plays through the air. They've been playing a team like that all year. They have not have they played a team like that all not, year? Not 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 the not with the passing prowess that they have. They've had teams with good offenses that can run the ball. They haven't faced a team. They haven't faced a uh, a prime uh, a quarterback that yeah. scares you. Well, I mean, I think part of the part of what what Tennessee brings to the table in in you know we we you talking about Hendon Hooker. I mean he. Heupel has figured out something with him, like has figured out how to use him. They like to run him a fair amount to loosen up the, the linebackers. Uh, you get – if you don't play super disciplined, uh, especially in the back end of your defense, you start like letting your eyes wander upfield. Oh, yeah. you'll, you'll let somebody get behind you because their receivers are good, right? Um, the one thing I didn't – actually, they looked exactly like I thought they were going to look all season the first part of the season, right? They uh, – they, they lost to Pitt. Pitt's a fine, a pretty good team. Um, they struggled a little bit against Bowling Green. Who was the team they played? Um, the other team they lost to. I was like, what are you doing? Um, they lose to South Carolina. I don't remember who it was. Um, either way, it doesn't matter. No, they did because they wore they wore alternate uniforms and they. I think they lost to them. I'll find. Yeah, it. whoever it was, we'll, we'll get Chad to look that up. They certainly just, the beginning of the year looked like they were going to win like two or three games. Yeah, they looked bad and. They have turned a corner offensively. Yeah. They lost to Florida. Um, they lost to Ole Miss and Alabama. Ole Miss, okay. Oh yeah, they, the they trounced yeah. South Carolina. They, okay, so but still they um, that those aren't bad teams to lose to, by the mm-hmm. way. Well, Florida is. Pretty, well, but, but um, at the time, Florida that, they that had was, just had that close win. Exactly, yeah. exactly. and that's when uh, you know Todd Grantham was still at his best. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I think the thing that I am I'm the thing that worries me about this game the most is that um, Georgia has not faced. Defense as a defensive team, George not faced um, a team that is uh, particularly. But we thought Clemson would be, but particularly poised to do one thing and then another thing competently. Right? right. We we faced Kentucky. We knew they could run the ball. So we faced Arkansas. We knew they were physical. You know, um, the thing that heartens me about that is every time we have faced a team that, and those teams are scoring a lot of. I mean, Kentucky for heaven's sake scored forty five points last week against Tennessee. Uh, They've had their season low in by light, right? The thing, though, that, that gets me pause is one of the things we talked about, Will. Uh, what happens if Georgia gets in a shootout? And, um, we haven't seen it. Um, we haven't seen it. And I am not here to try to open up some sort of quarterback conversation. Um, but I, I will say that I, I think, I think the, one of the things we will see is I think we'll see the playbook open up some in the way it certainly did not. I went back and looked at a few plays yesterday on a couple of drives, some Georgia's drives. Man, we were just like we didn't run hardly. Other than the end around of Jackson, what's it Jackson that had the end around the thirty-seven yarder? Yeah. Uh, other than the end around of Jackson, every single run was like we were project. I mean, almost to the point where hey, we're going to run this gap, uh, which is fine, right? The same thing with the pass plays, with the exception of the touchdown pass Stetson throwing fourth down, where we had run the ball seven straight times, then fourth and five throws that back shoulder fade. That, by the way, maybe that's the pass you defend against because Stetson shown he can throw that ball really <laughs> well. Um, but you know that's um, that's to be expected when you have a team that is outmatched as Missouri was. And will you ask me the question at the start of the podcast? Uh, did you agree with the team and the Kirby's assessments about how you know this game was? We didn't live up our standards. Sure, I, I I think it was more than mere nitpicking. Um, there were uh, there were stretches where the offensive line did not do a great job in run blocking. There were stretches where like the receivers didn't block well, which is the first time I've seen that all season. Uh, defensively, uh, there were some 
I wouldn't say missed assignments, but there were places where guys got to the ball late or got to the spot late, uh, especially in those later drives until they bowed up on the uh, inside the five, um, where there is room for improvement. Uh, there was also a, a pick that should have been made, for example. Um, those are the sorts of things that when you are number one in the nation, you're clearly the best team in the nation. Literally everyone else are winning every week's a clunker for them yeah. that you have to, as a coach, you do have to coach through the press conference a little bit, right? Yeah. You have to make sure and it's people worth are that Some of those bent passes are intercepted by a team with a good, with, with good, yeah, a good, yeah. a good yeah. secondary. Well, or if you have less competent receivers out, right? Burton saved his ass, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that was a, that was a perfect example of Burton of why you have the, but frankly, that's the sort of pass where. If you have you have Pickens, it doesn't even look that close. <laughs> right, right. Um, but he still kind of underthrew him a little oh, bit. Oh, no, he definitely underthrew yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. But he also did not underthrow um, Mitchell, right? No, uh, Smith on the 37-yard. Oh, yeah. No, he, he laid it right in there. Right, right in. So we know he's capable of that. Um, the other thing about it that I think we're going to have to figure out is we're going to have to run the ball better. Um and and I think Monken uh, definitely adhered to the we're going to run the ball at the middle, run the ball at the middle. It doesn't we don't really care. It's a little disheartening that Missouri came in with one of the worst rushing defenses in the in the conference, and we weren't able to do a lot in the middle. We ended up with with 167 yards. A fifth of that was on one running, on one running play with the end around. But the end rounds are there, right? And that that I I am still looking for. I wouldn't say razzle dazzle. I wouldn't call that razzle dazzle because when you do it more than once, it's no longer a trick play. It's just part of your repertoire. <laughs> uh, and I, I think we'll we'll probably see some of that this week. Um, but you know, defensively, the work's definitely cut out for him yeah. uh, because I, Hooker has something working. He uh, he definitely has a, kind of a. It's weird uh, between you know Peyton and Jones, kind of the what he's got working with those guys on the pass plays, and then you throw in the running game a little bit, especially when he's running the ball. How many yards rushing did he have last week? He had like, I'm a, you know, yeah. he had five or six rushes, but for like forty-seven yards. Yeah. That's that's a difference. That's, that's his first down, right? His right. first down rush. Well, if you think about it, our defensive backs haven't really been tested since maybe Clemson, you know, maybe the, maybe South Carolina or UAB because. We haven't seen any of those deep balls where our our cornerback isn't turning around. And we're getting we haven't seen any PIs because it's like nobody's nobody's able to complete a downfield pass against against uh, the defense. But this is the whole argument about this year, by the way. By, yeah, by, and that was that was kind of the Achilles heel coming in. Yeah, but I mean, this is the whole argument about college football entirely this year. Like Bill Connolly's written, written about this about well, maybe the reason that this feels like 2007 where all these things are so weird is a whole bunch of the quarterbacks that were supposed to be big studs just haven't been. <laughs> and there's just not a lot of great quarterbacks right now, and there's not a lot of great passing offenses right now. Or the ones that are are with flawed teams otherwise. Like like Corral, I think that Mississippi's got a great offense. The defense is terrible. Like, you know, I mean, that's, that's you know, it's hard. you're not going to have an Alabama like last year or an LSU like two years ago where the defense is fine and the offense is supersonic. Right. right. Uh, the, uh, Mississippi's offense is not supersonic and their defense is not good. Mm-hmm. But certainly... The this is this is something George has not seen this year, and they're probably going to see. You may see this from Cincinnati if you get there. You may see this from Oregon. Oregon maybe less so. You may see it from Alabama if you, right. if you if that. So you know this feels like. A, on one hand, you can say like if, it's funny. I was marking this back, looking at the seventeen eighteen year, and the thing about that year is it felt like every game they won was a test that they were passing. It's oh, can they do this? Can they do this? Can they do this? And each time they did, not always smoothly, not always dominantly, but they passed the test every single time. I can't 
think of a test that's real. I mean, the, the first half of Clemson. Yeah, first half of Clemson. But again, now we look at Clemson's off- mm-hmm. offense. We're like, well, actually, uh, maybe it wasn't really that awesome. So, like, not, not to say that, like, Georgia has been a disappointment or failed. They just haven't had any tests. They just have not had any tests yet. This is not, and it's possible they haven't had any tests because they've actually had tests and they've just, we've just aced, they've aced them so incredibly that they didn't even feel like they were tests. But certainly this feels like something they have not seen all year. And this feels like the first, like Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, Arkansas, they're not dramatically different teams. They're not, I mean, like they have certain talents different, but they don't approach the game in a dramatically different way. It's like it's like the like the Big Ten West right now. Like mm-hmm. all seven teams play the exact same way. Yeah. And uh, and they're, 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 Illinois still, by the way, has a like eight things can happen. They can still win the Big Ten. West. <laughs> really? Uh, it's very very small. Four, at four and six. Uh, they they end up being six and six. Okay. Because remember they went zero oh and two. They went one and two in the non conference. So they'd actually end up having a winning record. Uh, but we don't have to get in that. The point is, is that like. Georgia hasn't, just hasn't played that team like this yet. And I think they're going to be ha- able to handle it just fine. But certainly it's good that they need it. That I'm glad this game is not only happening, but happening when it is. And I think if there's like a scare, I think if like Tennessee puts a shot into them and exposes something, I think that's good. I think that's a good thing uh, as long as you win. Right. <laughs> as long as you end up winning. Oh, you definitely got to win. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a scare when Missouri kicks a field goal and goes up 3 nothing. Yeah, right, right. You that's know, not a scare. My wife's or, freaking out. Yeah. And I'm like... Or even Auburn. Like, even Auburn, True. which was more of a scare than I think Missouri was. But even then, I, I guess Florida kind of well, was. I mean, and it, it's interesting. You say we haven't been tested, but the reality is, is like... Sometimes you just make a hundred and you score early. Yeah, right? exactly. That's what I mean. And we don't know they have. Maybe they're passing tests and we just haven't noticed. Well, and you know, like I think that is part of what Kirby is saying when he's talking through the press conference, yeah. right? That that we haven't been tested. We haven't been tested. I um, and look, we could be put through crucible this week, yeah. but um, I, I don't. I don't see where this team doesn't. I haven't seen this team get rattled, right? And and I don't mean that in any. In a big picture sense, we there's only been like like running out on the field to prevent the the extra point being blocked. I mean, return for two points at the end of the Kentucky game yeah. is that the closest thing to a like a like a breakdown a breakdown a loss <laughs> yeah you know, lost mental focus type yeah. thing. Um, keep in mind, t- I mean Tennessee still has they have murals of the pass play that was set up because. A Georgia player ran on the field without his helmet right. in 2016, right? Um, did I have the right year on that, right? Yeah, yeah. when they yeah. threw the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, yeah. where we threw the Hail Mary and they turned around through the Hail Mary, yeah. right? I mean, they they literally, that was, we're in a whole different place. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. The other part about it is, and we got to be careful, um, you know, Tennessee is pretty opportunistic. Um, they have played some pretty good game states where, where teams are throwing to come back. You know how many interceptions Tennessee has on the season? They had a pick six against Kentucky. Yeah, they did. They have nine. They have nine interceptions on the season. Um, and uh, our guy had so, a couple. Uh, yeah, long ago. yeah. So, but you know, granted, four of those came against. Um, four of those. Four of those came on um, one uh, one game Tennessee Tech. So, <laughs> but nine nine interceptions. I just found that interesting. And um, but you know, you know, offensively for Georgia, I think part of what you want to 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 look for. Is is so much game control. Um, I, I went. I was looking at, at some stats. Tennessee has faced the most plays on defense um, of any team uh, in the SEC by about a hundred plays. Uh, so Tennessee likes to score fast. Right. They like to go fast. Um, 
I think Georgia that, that scares me a little bit because Georgia has shown some. I think I Kentucky say, had the ball for 48 minutes in that game. Right. And they lost. Right. Right. 48 minutes. But so, I mean, I think it's like when, when Kentucky went tempo in that last drive, Georgia struggled a little bit. So I think one of the things that scares me a little bit is how much, uh, how much the defense is not going to I, put this way. I think, I think our defensive alignment is going to play far more importance in this play because there are going to be significant portions of drives where, um, where we're not going to be able to substitute in the way we like to. And, uh, frankly, I think that has, that's going to play to Georgia's favor, especially later in the game, because we have significant starters who have played half the snaps. Right. And, um, it's, I mean, significant. I mean, so many players have played half the snaps and, and that means they were worn down less. That means they'll have more, uh, more juice in their legs. You know, Kentucky, Tennessee playing a big, long, fast game last week. It matters. It and the third-teamers held Missouri out at the end of the game. Right. It's, it's, when Missouri's calling timeouts and desperately right. trying to right. score. Right. So I just think, look, I, I'm not saying that I'm not saying this is going to be easy-peasy game. I'm, I am probably as worried about this game as I have been about any game this season. Uh, I, I was slightly worried about Florida, and it kind of played out early. Yeah. Um, but, you know... I, and I, Auburn was a little worried because it was the first real big road game. First big road game, right? And this is a big road game. I've seen some some Tennessee chatter like, oh, you ain't seen nothing like Nayland said. Well, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, okay. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying it won't be loud. I'm not saying right, right. it won't be a big deal. Yeah. I'm just saying that um, I, don't, I don't find it compelling that, that they're going to be in Tennessee versus at Auburn and to find it to be any more freak, freak-outable. Yeah. Um, because Torres has been on that stage. You know, and, and I would say this about Tennessee that, like, listen, I think Georgia's going to win. We have really predictions, but I think Georgia's clearly the better team is, I think, they're going to win this game. But, like, when you looked at Missouri or you looked at Kentucky or you looked at even Arkansas, you're like, okay, they have very narrow paths to win this game. They need Georgia to make a lot of mistakes. They need uh, to run the clock on these really long drives. That was Kentucky's idea. That was Florida's idea. Yeah. Florida's idea. If Florida doesn't like have those horrible turnovers at the end of the second half, that's I don't think they would have won that game. But that's their path to try to win that game. It's still a very narrow path. And if you make one mistake, the whole thing gets exploded. I see what Tennessee's path is. Like Tennessee's path is to ha- is is basically to score like crazy and force Bennett to score like crazy. And the question is, can Bennett score like crazy? And if he doesn't, can Daniel score like crazy? And that I think leads us into the quarterback conversation, which is, I'm sorry, I don't, I, I, I again, I've said this before. I think it is important to separate the historical Kirby Smart quarterback situation conversation. From the current quarterback conversation. And I think people, I think a lot of times people don't want to talk about the quarterback situation now because it sounds like they're ripping on Kirby. Like he's screwing up the quarterbacks again, which I don't think he did before. <laughs> like again, like the, uh, we, we, we go back, don't go back and listen to every podcast. But this is a reminder <laughs> that like so anyone, we're, we're pushing 300. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no like anyone who says, well, you should have started Justin Fields over Jake Fromm. It's just like you weren't here. That's not what it was. That's not the way it worked. And every, and no one at the time was saying, Bench the guy that just almost won the national championship. Right. <laughs> like no one was saying that. And no one should have said that. So like it's that's clearly something that happened that happened later on. And so I've never thought that was a fair criticism of him. Um, 
So that's so I think sometimes when people like you're like, hey, I don't know, it feels like you should figure out the quarterback thing at some point. If a lot of times Georgia fans and I think Kirby will take that as a oh, here comes the quarterback mm-hmm. conversation again. But this is an it's a legitimate question. It is a fair criticism, his use of fields that season though. And that's where I think people really yeah. if, if you want not, that, not so much that he didn't take over for Fromm, no, but the way that, that he was yeah, used. Right? He didn't right. serve in the same drive, wouldn't he? At times. Um yeah, they would do that. But it was and always the, like every time he was there, it was the like, Okay, Google, here comes the run, right, here comes right, the right, Yeah, right, right, right. right. So, yeah, yeah, and that's fair. So but I still feel like that's that's not what people are criticizing. People are criticizing how would that's you what start, they should be criticizing yeah, for. Yeah, but they, they say, Well, how could you start from over field? Yeah. But I, I'm sorry, but like this is like Fans are not wrong when they remember what Bennett was like against Alabama and Florida. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but like, or frankly. Specifically Alabama. Yeah. But, yeah. Alabama's the one that, that's, yeah. that's always going to stick in the brain. If, and that is the fundamental question. And I think that we may get some answers this week finally. Yeah. Which is, okay, in a game where Georgia's got to score a crap load of points. Remember, this was a question about Fromm, right? Fromm was the, uh, the his freshman year, Fromm was, like, he was a careful guy, right? Even going to Notre Dame, is like, don't turn the ball over. Third, first, first ever start on the road. Don't turn the ball over. By the time Oklahoma comes around, he's flipping the ball, and they're scoring 50 and some odd points. And you're like, oh, okay, now my Fromm boner is back. <laughs> like, he can do this again. Right. And, uh, no, that was the initial one. Right, that, that was, was the, the first That was the initial. It lasted longer than four the, hours. Yeah, so. that, was the, that was the initial... Uh, Movement, Maybe, but so people people do for and this is I, I'm trying really hard not to sound like I'm defending Stetson at every turn. I, I but I do believe and I'm growing increasingly convinced that um, maybe not convinced is the right way of putting it. I am I have come further in the I've come from I'm not sure Stetson can lead Georgia to a national championship too. Stetson probably can leave Georgia as a national championship, right? I agree. I mean, I, agree. How, I mean, how many wins does Stetson has uh, have as a Georgia starter? Any idea? He's got nine wins as a Georgia starter. That's interesting. That remembers a motif tonight. So, I mean, I think he has. And listen, I mean, he has perfectly. He's perfectly capable of folding a chair and right. um, <laughs> and, and and putting this thing away. I the, listen. This is another fundamental thing that when people look at this, they think that like ordinarily in this situation, the less the guy that doesn't throw as far and the less touted recruit is the one that is the safe one. He's the one that he's the he's the system quarterback. Not so fast, he's my the friend. One that, he's the one that doesn't make the mistakes, and it's the and he's the one you trust as opposed to the big armed recruit. That is the opposite of what this case is, and that's what makes me nervous. Because the problem is not when Stetson Bennett is in control and is making sure like he does that fine. The problem is my feel my issue with Stetson has always been. He, he, so you're worried Nick Bennett's going to show He's kind of a cowboy. He's kind of a cowboy. Yeah. And like if he feels like he has to make something happen, he will try to make something happen. And this is a great test for that. Because let's say Tennessee, bam, bam, bam. Like they like 14-0, 14-7, 14. They do what LSU did to Alabama. Where yeah. they get ahead early, and and they've got stronger offense than LSU. It is obviously like we, it was weird watching their quarterback was it Jackson, the, the, the left-handed quarterback. Like I, I was listening to Solid Verbal. I was watching that game. I was listening to Solid Verbal, and they said that basically, like even like like they, he said he had, he had a they, because on the LSU had the ball late and the chance to win it at the thirty. Yeah, and he had to throw a hail mary from the thirty because that's how weak his arm is. <laughs> like, is like that LSU, Johnson? Yeah. Like that, that Max Johnson? Yeah, 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 Max. Okay. yeah like yeah. he's not like he's like he's a left-hander thrower that looks like everything is he's kind of shot putting it. Bennett can throw better than Matt. But the point is that like 
if if they come out, they, they uh, if 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 uh, Tennessee comes out like LSU comes out, except they've got an offense behind them, and they punch Georgia in the mouth, and it becomes clear, oh. Georgia's going to have to score some points. The problem is not that Georgia can't score points. Georgia can totally score points. That's not the concern. The question is that it likes to try to make things happen. And sometimes he makes mistakes when that happens. And I think that that is the fundamental misunderstanding of the current quarterback situation. There's a sense that the scrappy guy is the safe guy. And the scrappy guy is not the safe guy. And that's what makes me nervous. And that's why I feel like, listen, if Stetson goes out and throws for 525 yards, it doesn't turn the ball over, then, hey, there's another question answered. Right. Now, again, he'll be facing better secondaries in Tennessee. I'm not saying that. But certainly... If this is a 55 to 31 game and they have to like floor it later, hey, great. That's a great thing to know. But that's it's more mistake prone than Daniels is. He's more risky than Daniels is. And this is a game where he, you, you can't play ball control. He's going to, uh, the question is whether he's going to sort of force things to happen. If he makes all that happen, that's great. But I feel like if you're looking for a game where you start to see, like, listen, after this is Charleston Southern Georgia Tech. There's no more ramp-up games until the SEC play- playoff and the, and the SEC championship game in the playoff. If we're going to find an answer— clearly aren't going to. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, this is the time. This is the time where you have to find the answer. This feels like the perfect game happening at the perfect time to try to get that answer. Yeah, one of the things we haven't talked about, though, Tennessee also has to play defense, right? Well, yeah. So There's going to be opportunities. And you're talking about a team that gave up 45 points to the team that Georgia gave 13 points to that lost to a Florida team— uh, it, Probably 30, probably probably different. 34 points where Georgia only gave up whatever it was. Seven, right? Um, they gave up, They lost 38-14 to Florida. to Florida, yeah. Um, I, so just so now that you're an hour into the podcast, I, I can't speak for Will. I can't speak – well, I can't speak for Scott. Scott's not picking Georgia to lose. Uh, but I don't think any of us think that this game is a, um, a sphincter tightening game. This is a game where I think we will find out a little bit about uh, what the makeup of the team is, the mental fortitude of the team. Because I, I don't, by any stretch of imagination, we'll talk about this in a few minutes. I don't think Georgia's going to lose the game. But there is absolutely a game state where Georgia is, um, where you look up and it's like, holy shit, y'all get to CBS, yeah. Yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. Tennessee can score fast. Um, the, the good part about it is that I think Georgia will be able to out-athlete Tennessee no matter what. The great part about it is like I have utter confidence in Dan Lanning and, and Kirby Smart in figuring out whatever it is Tennessee is doing well and counteracting that defensively. And frankly, I feel the same thing about Monken. Whether or not it's Bennett or, um, or, um, or, or Daniels or, or Beck. <laughs> now, I keep throwing Beck out there just because, look, I don't think, I don't think, the, I think there's a significant drop-off after the first two. We have two, and um, I, I don't. I still don't buy the some of the narrative. Like, oh well, Daniels is he's got the ace in the hole and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, although he is a change of pace in a way that if he does come in, I, I look. I'm not. I'm not a fan of the alternating quarterback thing. I'm not a fan. Of whatever, just put a quarterback in and go. Right, and I still firmly believe that that Kirby will start the quarterback that he feels like gives Georgia the best chance to win. That also doesn't mean that we could not see Daniels come in or Stetson come in um, and play um, and play significant minutes, regardless of whichever other one starts, regardless of where you are in the game state. Um, now, if we get in a situation where we have to throw the ball 60 yards downfield because we need a touchdown in a hurry, whether that be in the, the second quarter or whatever, 
you put Daniels in, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you do, um, and and I think it uh, like if they know if they know we're passing, like in that situation, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. might as well put Daniels in. Yeah, maybe, but like I don't know. I just like. But then you, you lose that RPO action with Stetson where he could pull yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I, off, I'll yeah. put it this way. Uh, certainly, that seems like the time that you would do Daniels. I also think an argument could be made that like there's. I also think this game or and how been it plays will give us an idea of whether. Like, listen, Kirby Smart's a stubborn guy. And like he's at, been far less stubborn this year. He's been far less, yeah. yeah. But like, I don't know, man. Those been interceptions, like, it's like he's not looked great throwing the ball deep lately. Like, and I, I feel like I, I know it's weird because like they're, they're getting touchdowns, but like those have not been pretty passes, and they've not they've been won by the receivers that could have oh, ve- been very. I don't know, the two the, left the shoulders, one, the, the two the, left shoulders, the left shoulder Florida, against Florida. And yeah, it's like he's far. good thirty yards in, but when he has to go past that thirty, you know, maybe a forty. He yard can throw. throw a pretty one. No one's saying he can't uh, throw yeah, a pretty one. It's just not that far. But there's been some underthrown balls. Yeah, and listen, Daniels had some underthrown balls last year. Let's not pretend that like Daniels is Dan Marino. Well, though. Daniels is rusty. You saw him miss a wide open yeah. receiver and throw it behind him. They got tipped for an interception when know, he came just, in. It just, I, I know, and I'm with you, Tony. Uh, I trust this coaching staff to figure it out. I wish it were a little bit more settled. I'll put it that way. I wish, like, Georgia is clearly good enough that either one of these guys can lead them to a national championship. And right now, I think one of them will, or both of them will. I just wish there was a little bit more clarity with just th- three more games until everything matters. And people are skipping the SEC championship game to go straight to the natty. Is there any? Like, I, I, this is generally you like to have your quarterback situation a little bit more settled. Is there any precedent of recent national championship winners that have kind of played, I guess, uh, Florida in 2006 with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow, you know, with two yeah. quarterbacks that are actively playing? Well, I mean, I mean, 2017. Yeah, but that's not. But that like no, I I agree. I think like I, like that's to your point. Tua yeah. came in because Hurts was struggling. Yeah, right. in the same way that Hurts came in because Tua, Tua was, was struggling. struggling. Yeah. Like that was not. Oh, a, God, I gotta throw up. Yeah, that that was mm-hmm. not. Sorry. Yeah, but that was not a like. Oh, one. We've got two guys. We'll see which ones. Like they had a guy. I remember. I was getting a hot dog when I and I was watching it on the screen in the in Mercedes Benz Stadium when they pulled Hurts and put Tua in. I was explaining to my wife, I was like, this is the best thing that could happen because they got some new guy, some freshman, he's not going to know what to do. That was my initial thought when they brought him in because no, nobody, you think it we have a hard de- time. It felt like desperate. desperate. Yeah, you think we have a hard oh, time pronouncing his name now. I mean, I, I had no idea who this guy was. Yeah, could, uh, okay. Oh, look, sorry. We're, look, we're going to play a whole different, if we're going to hold, we would have a whole different thing if he had put to it in, in Alabama had lost, right? Everybody was like, I, I mean, who knows what would happen. But <laughs> I feel like there would have been a lot of, I mean, Ooh, yeah. Kirk, Kirk would have been the first guy to beat him. This yeah. is, this is, this is another example of Saban being behind the times. Yeah, I think like, that's right. So, yeah. you know, but you know, I, so maybe, maybe this put a, put a poem before we talk about basketball, a couple of little things. Yeah. Briefly. Uh, well, briefly. We have very, very, this is not a basketball is, mention. Now, now, it's a, to, now it's a happy time for Georgia basketball. I have to say, this will not be a year where I'm like, Oh, we need to spend Ooh, a lot of time to basketball on guys. Awesome team, so. Um, so I, yeah, I want to make sure we also, cause we haven't really talked about the running game because we all have worked on the assumption that, uh, based on what happened last week when we should have run for 544 yards mm-hmm. against uh, Missouri, uh, I um, I just this feels like a game where Zamir breaks out, and I don't really know why. It just really does feel like a game where we do something where he he just finally just like busts through and bulls and does the thing he did against Auburn. And I realized I wasn't bull through and bust. It was a it was a nice little. It wasn't really an in around. It was more like an off tackle play, but um. 
You know, and I had no idea. You know, he is Georgia's leading uh, outside the quarterbacks, or Georgia's leading scorer for a touchdown score. Did you know that? Well, he even got one on special teams. Yeah, yeah. no, that, he, that counts. Yeah, this yeah, counts. By the way, though. by the way, Dan Jackson, great blocking your punts, but you're zero for two on gathering, two the on gathering the ball in the end zone. Yeah, hey, guys, <laughs> so, you know, one of us, one of us had one of us had uh, Georgia thirty-seven and a half, and also a special teams touchdown. So. That was a big deal. The safety was a big deal. All those safeties mean something in my house. You know how many touchdowns Samir White has? Bet you can guess. Nine? He's got nine. <laughs> it was either four or nine. I was like, it's not four. It's definitely nine. Um, so I just wanted to make sure we, we think about the we think about the the running game there. It's just I just think there's I think it's a possibility to to really run it up. Because Georgia will want to try to, to bleed clock on Tennessee because they want to go fast. So Will about 10 minutes ago mentioned something that kind of buzzed my ears. He was talking about the debate between Daniels and uh, Bennett. He mentioned like, well, if Tennessee gets going fast and, you know, I think he said something like 31 points, it kind of took my breath away. That could be the other section of the freakout moment in, in they whether they up, score. Yeah. yeah. Whether they score on defense or else the offense turns it over and they get a pick six or they get a fumble return. I mean, the fact that George has only given up 13 to South Carolina and Kentucky, and, and that was kind of garbage 13 points, that's a real like pucker factor, not only for fans, but for the team that's been playing and is 9-0. and that's that's a concern for me. We've not just been watching Georgia win. We've been like watching the other team never score. It's just score. a big party. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually Georgia's the only team that has not had a game where like, Oh, yeah. this could right. go wrong. Right. Right. I guess Clemson, but, yeah, but Clemson, it's the first yeah, game of the season. Yeah. Yeah, it was two versus four. And that game is played differently now, I think. Oh, yeah. That game is now that ooh, it would be. Yeah. Ooh, all the I think Georgia would see a more Clemson game plan differently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But I think that's right. And uh, last thing uh, on this, um, I'd like to note, I don't know if you guys know who got the, saw who got the game ball for uh, filling in at linebacker uh, for Illinois in their big win. It was Prather Hudson. Prather Hudson, my baby. It was Prather Hudson. He played the whole second half at linebacker because their top two linebackers were hurt, and he was awesome. Wow. Linebacker. He was playing linebacker. And that was at Minnesota, right? At Minnesota. Rowing the boat. Prather Hudson is the most... most, Because he started the first game, but that was just because of a suspension. He actually has not played a lot. He had his best game of the year. Uh, last week, so he did. I mean, he didn't break the aura of his leg, but yeah, that was that's a punter. That's for punters. That's for punters only. Was, oh, okay. I heard. Yeah, that's what you said. Which on is post. a very niche dating site. Punters only. <laughs> punters only. <laughs> that means something different in England too. Now think about it. Wow. <laughs> All right, basketball. Very quickly. Yeah. Sorry, I derailed that in a hurry, didn't I? So uh, uh, Georgia opens its season Tuesday night, uh, full capacity. Very excited to be back to my old seats. I missed that. I went to a couple games last year, but it was very. I I, I joked last year that there was probably nowhere in in the state of Georgia I safer, felt safer yeah. than being at. Oh, yeah. I had like a whole section to myself. Um, but uh, and let's not forget they finally beat Kentucky last year. That was that was one of the highlights of my sports twenty twenty was watching them uh, uh, watching them beat Kentucky. But. Um, it's going to be a rough year. They they start against Florida International seven o'clock. If you'd like tickets, they are not difficult to find. Uh, it's it's rough and it's rough for a lot of reasons. Um, the main reason is they like everybody left. Yeah. Like everybody left, they lost uh, Katie Johnson to Auburn. I mean, Severe Wheeler's playing a lot of minutes. Severe Wheeler. I went. I mean, went to freaking like it's funny. Not only yeah. did Georgia lose its best two players, it lost them to Kentucky and to Auburn. Yeah, like that is not great. And also uh, Kessler, who is the, of course, has a fam- uh, the, the yeah. has a great, great family name. 
with transfer, Car- transfer, yeah, from yeah. North, transfer from North Carolina to Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's just a lot of, like, that was the moment when they, uh, I think when they lost Wheeler that, and then didn't really bring in anyone, he realized this is going to be rough. They were picked unanimously last uh, in the, by, the, by the coaches. Yeah, they're 14th with a bullet. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, and I think that was before their top scorer PJ Horn, their top three point shooter, hurt himself in practice and will be out for the year. Mm. Uh, it's going to be rough. Uh, the best two players are uh, Jabri, uh, Jabri Abdul Rahim. If that name sounds familiar yeah. to you, he is Sharif Abdul Rahim's son. Yep. Remember Sharif Abdul Rahim, the great Grizzlies player. That he is transferred son, from Virginia. 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 He transferred from Virginia. And the other great, the other best player is probably going to be Aaron Cook. Now, if you, you might remember Aaron Cook's name because he played in the national championship game for Gonzaga. He was the backup to Jalen Suggs. Oh, wow. Okay. So he did okay. play in that game. So, yeah, Georgia has a point guard this year who played in the national championship mm. game, who came here after Wheeler, uh, because basically Gonzaga recruited huge this year and he's sure. not going to be starting for them. So he went to Georgia. That was the idea. He was going to take over Wheeler because Wheeler led the, led the SEC in assists. And then Horn was out, and everybody else left, and Johnson left. It's just, it's not a good situation. There's a couple guys. Uh, Cook and, and Abdul Rahim are really the top two guys. Uh, they they played Moorhead, uh, sorry, uh, Morehouse. Uh, not Moorhead State, Morehouse. Morehouse. They played Morehouse in the exhibition, and it was closer than you would like it to be. It was 16 points at halftime, yeah. then seven minutes into got, the second, yeah. it was like four points. It got tight. It got tight. It's, it's going to be a rough year. It's yeah. gonna be a it's gonna be a rough year. I, I mean, yeah. look if you <laughs> so if you like, um, I'm trying to think the right way to describe this. So if you like um, free willing basketball where there's a ton of shots and a lot of guys like just like let's see what happens here <laughs> type of break, you know trying to break down people to drive or you know dribble drive uh, you know fall away three um, with. Defense being a uh, a, a suggestion, <laughs> um, this is gonna be fun. I mean, look, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not I, sure it'll be fun. Then. I'm not. I'm not. You know, that, that just look, means I'm, they'll lose by twenty rather than look, ten. Look, I'm, I'm not. I'm not really not trying to be a pejorative. But I'm just saying yeah. this is, frankly, this is the opposite of Mark Fox basketball. Yeah, it just it is the polar opposite, right? Go fast, shoot a lot. Let's see what happens. Get back if you can. Yeah, and but I think part of the problem with that is like. Crean has just like the problem with Crean's time here. Two, there's really been two problems. Uh, three, actually, really three problems. One or four. This was he wasn't able to build on recruiting wise. He was not able to build on Ant Man. Really, yeah. He probably had a good class then. Didn't really work. Although he's gotten a couple of fairly high recruits. A, a couple, but like not this year because like, and certainly not moving forward because frankly he feels like a dead man walking to a lot of people. Uh, and there's really been no clear personality. Like they've talked about playing like that. I don't entirely trust that they will play that way. They've said they will play that way, but they don't really always play that way. Last year they were, they were this weird mix of a short team that couldn't shoot. <laughs> Bad. That's, yeah. not, that's not a great combination. <laughs> that's not good. And they actually won more games last year than I, than I, than I would have thought. I just think it's going to be rough and I, it is hard to see – not just the fact that this year is going to be rough, but like it's, there's not like a clear structure moving forward, and it's hard to see how he survives this year. Yeah, this has the potential to be a single digit win season. Yeah, and uh, and certainly, uh, and the SEC is good. Like the SEC is yeah. better than it used to be. It's not like a bad conference anymore. 
like I think like, I'll put it this way: Georgia, uh, you, know, you go to Ken Palm. They are last in the SEC in Ken Palm. They are way down there in Ken Palm. I think like I saw one. that they're the last Power Five team in Ken Palm. It's not good. It's not. Yeah, good. It's, 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 it's not good. High, it's not a good situation. High 100s. And uh, uh, and so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. I think they're not favored at home against East Tennessee State. Like a lot of bad stuff happening, and it does feel like let's not kid ourselves. If he didn't have the buyout. He would have already been fired. Probably, yeah. But, like, I think that... The, and I think it makes sense to give him another year just to be like... They, we tried everything. We tried everything. Yeah. People... But I think that's the worry with this job is... Well, we talked about in this podcast when Creed was hired. I was excited about the hire. Oh, yeah. It felt like a, a little bit of a coup to get someone who's but who's made... The, who coached Dwayne Played Wade. Yeah, and coached Dwayne Wade. Coached Oladipo. Like, and is respected by a lot of these guys. They gets Ant-Man. But he's just like... Trey Young came to a game. Yeah, exactly. It was exciting. But like Crean is... The thing about Crean is he's not like really known as a particularly great tactical coach and like and like a... And if he's not a great tactical coach and players are leaving like crazy and you don't hear like... Like... Like I would assume for who's not Ant Man, but like he's playing very well for the Bulls, the line I have point guard last year. Everyone who he talks to, he's like Brad Underwood is the guy that made me the player I am. Brad Underwood in that Illinois program. D Brown used to always do that. Uh, Darren Williams always used to do that with uh, with Bruce Weber in the Illinois program. They will not stop talking about the reason I am the player that I am is because of my time in Illinois. And Anthony Edwards never even mentions Georgia and never not even mentions yeah. Tom Green. And also, his personality has blossomed mm-hmm. when he was here and he was he had a great smile and he was likable, but like he's like a great young personality in the NBA and he was not that here. Uh, it's I, I, this may feel like a weird thing to say. I feel like an actually a Mark Fox like coach is actually probably what they need next. And I think that the idea, because the, the thing was, the thing you wanted at Fox, Fox got the train back on track. He looked like Bobby Smith in Illinois, actually. Mm-hmm. He got the train back on track, and then another coach theoretically could come in and build on that. The problem is Crean was not – Crean just kind of like said, nope, we're doing this now, and it didn't really work. I think you need someone – you need a grinder. I think you need a grinder who is kind of of that school and 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 hope and hope they, they, they catch fire. But I, I, I think the Crean thing – we'll see because he's not started yet – but I, he, I, I, it would not shock me if he does not survive the season itself, mm. and um, and I, there's no way I, I can't see a way he keeps his job after the year, and uh, it's a, it's, it's, it's hard to look at the Crean thing and not see as a, as a pretty, as a clear failure. Yeah. So bummer. I will still be out there. Every everything, game. everything will said. Yeah, I will be out there every game. I cannot wait to be back to my old seats. But I am leaving at halftime to mark his Illinois game starts at eight. Because <laughs> <laughs> Illinois is in the top ten. Also, guys, NCAA is dumb. Illinois' uh, Kofi Coburn is suspended for game for selling jerseys. Three games. Three games for selling jerseys before the NIL stuff came mm. into being. I have a controversial take on this. I think he kind of deserved it. No, I'm sorry. Really? I do. I do. Like, it was. He it's, knew still, he, it's still dumb. He knew he two things can be wrong. true. Two things can be true. He knew he was doing wrong. He, he thought, the reason he did is he thought he wasn't, it wasn't so he jumped back. the gun? He jumped the gun. It he happened before it happened before July 1st. Mm-hmm. happened before July 1st. He thought, the reason he came back was because the, the, the sure. rules came into place. He would have not come back otherwise. He thought he was leaving. Still it gone. was team issued. It also is, wasn't just like stuff he had lying around. It was team issued equipment that he put, he used in a game that went in a very high profile way. Three games seemed too much, except you remember, Illinois thought he was getting two. Illinois thought he was getting two, so what did Underwood do? There was a little gap in the schedule. He's like, oh, let's sneak in a game against Arkansas State. Uh-huh. So it'll just be two because they've got a game against Marquette 
in game three. The NCAA sniffed that out correctly and said, actually, I see what you're trying to do. Also, which is why you don't cooperate with the NCAA. You agree. agree. I, and I, I get it. I get it. But I have to say two years ago. By the way, I have a whole, I have a whole podcast on that. Two years ago, they, suspended, they would have suspended for half a season. Right. And, and then he probably would have just not played all this. <sighs> like, I, 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 I understand that, like, the NCAA finding any player for selling anything seems stupid. I get it, but like that, it was a it was a legitimate offense. Can like I show it was, you Todd Gurley? Like this was, but it was different than like like he like signed some stuff and it got like this was like literally Kofi was like, hey, look, here's my jersey and a and the shoes I wore. Give me your PayPal number. Like it was oh it was overt and explicit because he didn't think he was coming back, and so for me it's. I feel like it's. I, I hate three games. Isn't that much? Three isn't that much. They're, they're still going to win all three, and if they lose the second one, everyone will know they didn't have Kofi. So I, I feel like it's not. It, it, it's it's the last. It's yeah, the last time they'll ever. It's the last one. It's the last, the last one. one. Yeah. And I, I thought it was fair. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Scott's got some we'll, trivia for we'll us. Tra- no, I don't have any <laughs> No, we'll transition back to uh, Georgia football. Uh, George is playing Tennessee this weekend. That was nine minutes. <laughs> George is playing Tennessee this weekend. The overall record uh, is 25-23-2 and two in favor of Georgia. I didn't think we would ever see a day back when I was in school in the 90s uh, where Georgia would be leading this yeah, series. Georgia went 50 years without playing them. That's crazy, right? Georgia went – you know, I looked that up today. Georgia went – there was a 31-year gap a 31, whatever between playing Tennessee. I actually texted John Bateman uh, and asked him, I was like, do you know – I guess I should have uh, tweeted at Jeff Dancer. He would have known. But uh, he was, John was like. Certainly would have given a, 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 a very sure answer. Yeah. But uh, there, I don't, if anybody listening knows why there's a thir- From 1937 to 1968, Georgia and Tennessee did not play. Both teams were founding members of the SEC in 1932. Uh, they didn't leave. Uh, so that's just strange that Tennessee, Georgia didn't play. So. Um, this is the second latest meeting all time. You know, the whole stink a couple of years ago where Tennessee and Auburn flip-flop. I and mean, now it's like, who cares? I mean, I know that, you know, what, traditionalists or something? I mean, you get you, you got to be really traditionalist if it's a point in the schedule of where you play them. I mean, I remember back in the mid-'90s, you would – Georgia opened the season a couple times with Tennessee. So anyway, they've been playing Oklahoma and Texas all the time because they're in the SEC in a couple of years. It's right. weird to be weird. That's <laughs> going to be weird about any sort of tradition. Yes. At this point. Um, so the, 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 I guess the latest meeting was, uh, back in 1906. I don't even know who won. Um, they played in, uh, like the third week of November, but, uh, Georgia is 14 and six in the last 20 meetings yeah. versus Tennessee prior to that. And this is where I get to that nineties comment. Uh, the prior 20 meetings before the last 20, I just made that more confusing than it should have been. Uh, Tennessee held a 14, five and one record. I mean, so. We, we told you that we, we, last time Georgia stormed the fields against Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. I that's mean, the only time, really. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah. That, let's that's that. the, the thing sitting behind you. Yeah. This is good podcasting, I mean, but no, that there's banner, no, there's, one, I mean, I, there's no proof, but uh, there I can I can confirm that people toted goalpost up, up Baxter. I mean, Lumpkin and Baxter, now to think about it. Do you think that will ever happen again? No. No. I hope not. People were look. I, look, I hope not. I mean, it, it, look. The reason Georgia stormed the field is we were so bad in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to turn around and beat Tennessee. It was. I mean, keep in mind, Tennessee was two years off a national championship, yeah. right? Two years, ninety eight. Yeah. Um, you know. You know, we'd suffered through Heath Schuler and Peyton Manning and T, uh, T. Martin. Martin. Yeah. 
don't mainly, know who was, mainly T. Barnett. But then with the, when AJ Suggs got there, that's when we started beating him. Yeah, yeah, actually. And when, Casey Clawson. Remember how much Georgia fans hated Casey Clawson? My wife, Iceman. He looked just like Iceman from Top the, Gun. The first, the first time my wife ever cussed in front of my parents was. Um, was when Casey Clawson got nailed in, inside the five and fumbled. Fumbled. Who was it? Picked Sean Jones. Up? Sean Jones picked the ball up and went all the way. And it's like, yeah, she uh, she definitely dropped an MF in front of my mom and dad <laughs> because I was she, at that game. That was a that was a definite momentum change. I mean, because they were Casey going in to score, and then right before halftime, Larry Munson has a great call I, of that. So I have a great story about about the Clawsons. Uh, Jimmy Clawson was at that game uh, watching Casey play, and I had some law students at the time. Who were at one of the Petroffs, and um, because that's what that's, I'm sure there's still Petroffs at Nayland. But uh, Jimmy Clawson comes in and is like, Hey, you're going to uh, you're going to come to Georgia? He's like, No, I think I'm coming to Tennessee. You just need to whip your ass like we did your brother. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) and they were very proud that they made Jimmy Clawson go to uh, Notre Dame. uh, Notre Dame, yeah. Give props where props are due. You know, this is interesting. Georgia is Tennessee's homecoming opponent. I year. saw that and was like, that's a very interesting move, Cotton. That feels like a timing issue. Like, Probably. Yeah, that feels like maybe. You had Kentucky last week. Uh, they were at Kentucky. Yeah. But they had South Carolina. You should play your homecoming at, at, at Kentucky yeah. then. Um, but uh, so. They got Vanderbilt next week. That's too late. Yeah, that's too late. Is it? Because the people aren't coming. Yeah. Too it's late. holidays. It's too it's close to Thanksgiving. Okay, fine. This is actually a little late, too. Absolutely. Yeah, it, yeah. Should, be, it should have been a little bit earlier. Um, the last time Georgia was Tennessee's homecoming was Halloween 1936. Whoa. Tennessee won 46 to nothing. There must have been. There's got, there's got to be a reasoning. There's got to be some sort of like well, yeah. thing. Yeah. That's the largest uh, spread of any either team in the series, 46 nothing. You got close. Until this year. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking 2017 is 41 nothing. Was it 41? Yeah, yeah, I guess it was, yeah. So when Georgia did win 41 nothing uh, on September 30th, 2017, that was Georgia's 800th all-time win Okay. for that game. If Georgia wins Saturday, it'll be their 849th wow. all-time win. Think about how much they've racked up years. Yeah. 49 wins in that amount of time. And then this year, Georgia is 9-0. and Tennessee has five. So you can see the How despair. many losses they have? Four. How many games is that total? That's nine. Nine. <laughs> Y'all are amazing. Oh, my gosh. I'm just, I'm not saying if you wanted to do, do Tennessee's uh, record, somebody could do that with one hand and the other hand. Yes. Yes. Perfectly. Perfectly. So, Quite symmetrical. In that amount of time since that 2017 game, Georgia's won 48 games. Tennessee's won 22. Is that good? That seems good. That's pretty dumb. I remember that 17 game. That was like a big revenge tour game. Oh, it was. Still, after, yeah. yep. because it is they, worth remembering. Because yep. at, their, at their tea day or yeah. orange yep. and white game or whatever celebration of the moon shining, <laughs> um, whatever it is they do, yes. they, they reenacted of the moon shining. They did reenact. They reenacted the play. Yeah. It was like, yeah. hey, yeah. you know what? Whatever it takes. You mm. hang your hat on that, but Let's not forget that year, by the way, where they had that play. It was like, well, if Tennessee's not going to do it now, they're never going to do it. And they, they never, never did, did it. it. <laughs> <laughs> they never did it. Because that was everything felt perfectly for that year. Yeah, they had a good team, yeah, and, they, yeah. and they just they still couldn't do it. And now here they are. And then the last bit um, would be, I, again, I find it fascinating that Georgia and Tennessee have been in the SEC together since 1932. This is They've met 50 times in that mm-hmm. amount of time. Um, so I ranked all of the... Other 13 SEC schools and the amount of times that okay. Georgia has played. So give me 
I won't even tell you Tennessee's ranking. So who's number one? We well, know that. Georgia all-time play Auburn. Like, uh, yep, all-time yeah. series. 126 yeah. meetings. Okay, then Florida. Florida. And it's debatable. It's either 100 or 101. Okay. Kentucky. So third is not Kentucky. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. 80, oh, okay. 81 meetings, counting this Kentucky. year. Then Kentucky, yeah. their fourth, uh, was uh, 75 meetings. Ole Miss. No. Really? Alabama. Yeah. No. One, two, three, four. South Carolina. South Carolina. Oh. They played them a lot non-conference. Oh, okay. 70. Well, I was counting. I was. I was thinking. Okay, I thought you meant by SEC games. Okay, so that puts Tulane and Tech and other teams on the. Okay. No, no, it's just current SEC members. Current. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay South Carolina. Seventy-four yeah. times. Right. So they're right behind Kentucky. Yeah. And then Ole Miss. Sixth is. Not Ole Miss. No. LSU. We know nope. every year. Alabama. Forever. Alabama. 70 meetings. Really? We racked them up in the past couple of years and played them twice in one year. That's true. Um, then seventh is Tennessee. So there's a big drop off from yeah, 70 like 50. to 50. Right. Who's eighth? Uh, Arkansas. <laughs> no, it's not. It's Ole Miss. Ole Miss. 45 times. You think times. I'd say that after? Yeah, I know. I was waiting for that. And then ninth is? Nine. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mississippi State. LSU. 32 meetings. I'm not good at this. <laughs> it's really not it's good. It's hard. 10th. Like Boston College. 10th <laughs> is uh, Mississippi State. 25 meetings. And then 11, 12, 13 are the most recent the additions. Teams, yeah. Arkansas at 16. Missouri at 11. And Texas A&M at, at 6. One? <laughs> 6 all-time meetings. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah I, think, I think that's all I got. Um, nope. One more thing. So Georgia is 9-0. and we are. That hasn't happened that often. Can you tell me the last time Georgia was 9-0 and to start a season? Uh, 17. That's correct. So, but, then, but then they lost. And I'm glad you brought that up. Yep. because No, they were 10-0. They were 9-0. and Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. And then they lost their next game to yeah. Auburn. So I, what I did was I went back through the years that we've done a podcast. So to 2015... Georgia started, you know, for the first nine games. Okay. 2015, they were six and three. I'd say six and three. Okay. But they started the season four and zero before they lost to Alabama. Okay. 2016 through nine games. 16 would have been Kirby's first year. Uh, six and three. Close. Five and four. Uh, five, five and four. four. Yeah. Here, here's a, here's a fun game to do. Let's see if we can all do this. Though, is their first loss each year. Okay. okay. I wrote okay. that down. So 13 would be Clemson. Mm-hmm. Okay, fourteen would be uh, Missouri. No, that was that was thirteen. They lost to Missouri. I didn't write fourteen down. Yeah, but uh, well, who who they lose to first and fourteen? I think South Carolina. Hold on, let's see. Okay, well, fifteen. Fifteen is Alabama. Alabama. Sixteen. You and Tony were at this game. Uh, Mississippi. Mississippi. Seventeen is Auburn. Right. 18 is South Carolina? Mm-mm. No. Think about the... The first game... Y'all were at this game, South too. South Carolina, second game. LSU. LSU. Yep. And then 19 is South Carolina. That's correct. Yep. And then 20 is... Um, Alabama. Alabama. Alabama again. Yeah. And this year, no one. Yeah. Zero teams. So... I do have fun office pool set up. I have gone ahead and set it up for the next couple of weeks yes. since I will be out of pocket. Um so I still have another week. I, I will get to, to yeah. do. Well, we a have another show. Week. Yeah, yeah, two more actually. The the Tennessee post game. So the leader in the clubhouse so far, not amongst us, but amongst the people contributing to this, is a Chili Dog in Minnesota. Nice. Four hundred sixty three points. The guy with the Rumplemans at the. Oh, the Rumplemans was so good. <laughs> 
knew uh, you were going to say that. It, uh, it felt I felt is very old home day. I felt like I was back in Champagne. Honestly, like making regretful like, decisions. I, I don't think I've had Rumblement since like 1996. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it was and something. it was it, it really was it was it was not unpleasant, and particularly because we Illinois beat this team. Yeah, about, my, uh, my three hours later, minty fresh the rest of the day. Tony ranked 61st with yeah, 435 points. Will on a rough spot is ranked 91st, 420 yeah, points. Well right and then I'm at 119 with 405 points. I think I've, I've slipped back into not doing confident. I, I don't adjust them. That's so fine. Yeah, it's fine. All right. So for this week, we're going to start. Uh, Notre Dame takes on an ACC team, but they're not in the ACC anymore. So they're going to Virginia. Virginia's pretty good. Six and three. I still feel like Notre Dame. Notre yeah, Dame's just going to hang around. Cincinnati needs them yeah. to win. Yeah, yeah. I, did you see Brian Kelly this week in his, in his press conference? He was talking about uh, he did the thing. Like, yeah, I feel like both us and Cincinnati were <laughs> lower than we should have been. So, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. So I, everyone yeah, talks I, about rat poison look, until they're the ones that are until they, they are, need they some need pumping up. Yeah. So listen, listen. I'm glad you brought that up because. It reminded me that, that Notre Dame is being blocked by Cincinnati right now. There's no chance for Notre Dame to get in the playoffs with Cincinnati in front of them. Uh, barring like Ohio, like a Big Ten implosion in or, Oregon. Yeah. I mean, then Cincinnati and Notre Dame both have to go. Yeah. Right. right? right. So I don't want to have the whole conversation. It's something we should, if, if Georgia wins this week, we should have that conversation next week. Yeah. Uh, just what the path is. So. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't interrupt the. I would love for Notre Dame to lose just to get out of the way because, like, like, listen, I don't know what Cincinnati is going to do when they get in the playoffs. I know what Notre Dame's going to do if they get in the playoffs. Like, I want Notre Dame out. I want them out of the way. I don't want them in the playoff. We've seen this. Like, whoever they play is going to stomp them. (laughs) We just have seen it so many times. But as a Georgia fan, you know, Georgia sitting at number one, wouldn't you love seeing a number four Cincinnati? Yeah, Cincinnati, Oregon. See, I disagree. I'd much rather. I, I, I'd like to avoid Cincinnati at all costs. Really? No, no. I mean, I'm sorry. I meant Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Oregon, and Iowa State. I think Georgia is obviously a lot better than Cincinnati. But again, we've talked this before. I just, they were it, hot after that loss last I year. I cannot. Yeah. Uh, there's not. Look, Georgia can go lose in the playoffs to Notre Dame. We cannot go and lose yeah. in the playoffs yeah. to Cincinnati. Yeah, well, when I say never. cannot, I mean from my mental health standpoint. Yeah. Fair. Um, Oklahoma at Baylor. Yeah, Dave Aranda showed up last week after being good Dave Aranda, and he was bad Dave Aranda last week. I think Oklahoma wins, but Oklahoma plays with their food every week, so look for that (laughs) to be close. I like the idea of an undefeated Oklahoma not making the playoff. It's on the table. It's on the table. Uh, But I I think they'll win this game. NC State, it's sad week for us. They lost a non-conference game last week. I know. know They are still still in first place in the ACC. So I put this game on there because uh, there's an entire world where Wake Forest rallies and just like comes together. Uh, there's also a world where North Carolina beats them the rest of the season. Uh, I think Wake Forest wins, although don't be surprised by anything. Yeah, I, there was a basketball score last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, and they still should have won that game. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take Wake Forest, but I am too. They, they have like eight and four potential now. Oh sure, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They have very eight and four potential. Mm-hmm. There's also trash games this week. Uh, Michigan. You know, they're kind of back in the conversation again. Goes to Happy Valley. Yeah. I think Penn State wins. Really? I'm still kind of in, in, I, Michigan should, like, I actually thought Michigan was going to win that Michigan State game. Uh, I still think they're the better team. I think Michigan wins this game. I think they're, that, that Ohio State game is going to end up meaning something big. Because I also think Michigan State may have one more loss left in them. So, um, 
and to see whoever to, Penn State at the end of the season. It's going to be a big fight to see who plays Illinois in the, in the Big Ten championship yeah. game. And so, Illinois doesn't have to face Purdue and potentially get Purdue, do they? Uh, they've already lost to Purdue. Oh, okay. They yeah, should plus, have beaten Purdue. Plus, they're not ranked, so they should have beaten Purdue. They had that game in hand, just like mm. they had the Maryland game in hand. But uh, Illinois, no, Illinois to be an eight and three. Right Illinois now. has Iowa. And then Northwestern, if they beat, they're off this week. But then they play at Iowa. If they're able to, probably that's probably the end of it there. But if they beat Iowa, then they've got. Uh, they have ARP. They've got Go Cats. They got, yeah, they could make a bowl. They got Go Cats if they they win the next two games. They they they. It would be a very Illinois thing to upset Iowa and then lose to Northwestern at home and not go to a bowl. That would be very frustrating. But let's let's get to that. Uh, then we got Arkansas at LSU, the boot game. I mean, who do you? I mean, how do you pick that game? I don't know. Right? I'm going mean, to pick Arkansas. I mean, did you see Sam Pittman tore his bicep from doing the yeah. yes, sir, holding up his bulldog? And I guess the bulldog's, you know, what, 70 pounds or something, and he tore his bicep muscle. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. He, you'll probably see him walking around like Arkansas? With his, Give me Arkansas. Pittman, Pittman is old enough to know that he shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, like, he still does yeah, it. Yeah, like if you're like, if you're I like, mean, aren't we all? Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, I feel like I'm, like, I'm 46, but I feel like. I can probably, I still do something like that. But when I'm Pittman, I'm like, he's about 54, 55. I feel like I know not to do that. I'll Shit. Not, not to do that then. 54. Sorry. You're not 54. Oh, I'm just six months away. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> do, you know, do, you know, do you know not to lift a dog over your head? I mean, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia wins the national championship. Be lifting Buck over your head, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. If Buck goes to Illinois. Well, well then, you gotta go. then you got to go. Then we got uh, Texas A&M at Mississippi. Nah. Oh, Mississippi, Texas A&M. I'm taking Mississippi. I'm taking Mississippi. Oh, my gosh. It... You just convinced <laughs> me to take Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm going to take Ole Miss as well. <laughs> me or him? No, Will. Okay. Yeah, I'm taking Mississippi. So, to be clear, if Mississippi wins, does that mean Alabama is in? Uh, no, they're still Arca- uh, Auburn still has a shot. Because they'd have two losses. Yeah, they're both teams that have two losses right, in head-to-head. Right, right. Oh, yeah, because Auburn has three losses. In fact, it's, almost, it's actually better for Auburn if Mississippi wins this game. Yes, because I mean, how many losses does Mississippi have in the SEC? They've got they've got two. two. Yeah, but they but they but they lost to Alabama. So yes, they lost to Alabama and Auburn and Auburn. Yeah, so yeah, they'd be out. Yeah, they'd be blocked out. Yeah. So, I would love to not play Alabama. Like I feel like the ticket prices would be more reasonable. I, I have no opinions about that. I just want to win the SEC. Although if we beat Alabama, it'd be great. So do you do you buy into the narrative that Georgia broke? All these teams, I think Logan put it out there. You know, Georgia broke Arkansas. You know they're now six and three. Georgia broke, broke Florida, Kentucky. You think they've beaten them all these times in a row because they got geared up I, so much? I, I think I think Florida was structurally an unsound team to start yeah. off with. Oh, oh. Georgia broke Clemson. Clemson was broke. Arkansas was overperforming. Kentucky was overperforming. Yeah, those two like, I agree yeah. with. Um, Georgia definitely broke. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, it's here's the thing. That's a Fun narrative. It and is I'll, fun. I'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's the right. That's the broke correct them answer. Broke them all. The, yep. the, the problem is, is it's not like like the thing about seventeen. It was just like, yeah, we got to get revenge on all these guys. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, ugh, yeah, sure, we broke <laughs> we'll Kentucky. I, 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 what's what, isn't that the joke? Uh, the, the the joke we made about Chapel Bell curve that like yeah. I don't think about you at all. <laughs> what do you think? I, of mean, me? it makes you I don't think better, of you yeah. at all. If it makes you feel better, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee is going fine. I like their. I kind of like their Sunday morning seven. Okay, so the, this this the, the 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 computer system that we set up our special proprietary software that was going to break Vegas. It didn't work this week, but just need some tweaks. We're so close. We just got to put in the 
garage. We can put in the garage and, and start to uh, get, get, get our, our, our ratchets and socket wrenches in there. And uh, uh, ball, it, everything's yeah. ball bearings these days. It does feel like I mean I I feel kind of silly just being so lack of ambition to just sit and just have a podcast where we talk about Georgia. We're not like trying to redefine statistical analysis in the year 2021. We're just sitting here drinking bourbon, talking about uh, talking about football. What a, what a bunch of fools. Kentucky at Vanderbilt. Oh, Kentucky about all the points. They're going to work some stuff out. Yeah, I agree. South Carolina, Missouri. They, they drink mead, right? <laughs> yeah. The, 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 they, they play for a trophy in this game. South the Carolina? Battle of Columbia. So, oh, that makes sense, yeah. I assume it's a slice of pizza. For, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's some of Harpo's. Harpo's yeah. is the best that could be. Shakespeare's. So, yeah. You got Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. Missouri. I'm taking Missouri in this one. Okay. <laughs> I'm taking Missouri in this one. Mississippi State Missouri. at Auburn. Oh, Auburn's going to beat those eyes in. Yeah. Mississippi State has um, – when you have Mike Leach blame your kicker for stuff, um, it's, it's, it's turned. I want the Mike Leach blow-up to just happen. Like, I felt like it's been stalled. Yeah, but eventually they keep winning games. Yeah. He's coming. But it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. The blow-up's going to happen. Also, have we heard whether Harsh has gotten uh, vaccinated yet? Been word on that? He's been vaccinated. I'm telling you, he's yeah, been vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the fact that we have not heard about it is a sign that he probably I think he preached last week. Yeah. <laughs> And then we got... Uh, I mean, the main pastor was in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> I didn't get that one. I, <laughs> I don't either. It was just Myrtle Beach. Oh, back in the day when, yeah, you'd have a, a visiting pastor preach. I yeah, remember those yeah. Well, he's a youth pastor, so yeah. he gets to step up the big pulpit. He didn't have to go on Wednesday night. Yeah, he has youth minister because they turn the chair around and like... Yeah, put the hat, put the hat like, back. That's right. Yeah. That's what youth ministers Let do. me get real close. Yeah. Let's, let's get down on your let's level. Look, we're going we're gonna to play some Michael W. Smith. And, well, I, oh, my God. <laughs> I was a big. I was into that stuff. I was about to say that's some church camp rap. I, right I remember when DC Talk was rap before. Uh, uh, no, 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 I remember. D, yeah, I remember DC Talk was rap before they became like grunge out. and pour, like pour some yeah. out for jars of clay. Yeah, yeah, spinning round. I, I just remember not missing a single Wednesday night and doing the Pinewood Derby cars and trying to cheat by putting weighted tape on the bottom. So they and I got caught for that. Yeah, it's kind of you know. I'm pretty sure only recently Wilco. Uh, Past DC Talk is the band I have seen the most in concert. <laughs> I've seen DC Talk oh, wow. many, many times. Ago. Wow. I mean, not past the age of fourteen, I sure, am, but I saw I them a lot. South <laughs> Georgia and went to Baptist Church, and oh, that yeah. says something right there. DC, lots of non-believers out there. We're DC Talk. Uh, 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 uh yeah. Wow, <laughs> guys, this is. There, there's a couple of you nodding. Quite don't the, don't pretend you're not nodding uh, out there. More than a couple. A couple of you are nodding out there. I, I, but by the time they got grunge, I wasn't listening anymore. They were it's like, I don't know where I don't to know go how, now. I don't know how to transition to My Georgia place Tennessee. In this world. By the way, DC Talk had non albums. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Did they? Can't prove otherwise. Uh, Georgia is uh, 9 and 0, heading up to Knoxville this weekend. Uh, I think all of Will's assessment and fears, I was feeling really good about this, uh, this game until uh, Will started talking about the, the quarterbacks. And then when he mentioned that, that chance that what if Tennessee, you know, something 31 and, and that stuck in my head about that. So it got me a little nervous and I think it's going to change my uh, picks a little bit. But, you know, I think that beyond beyond the freak out and, and something weird happening, kind of like how we referenced where Sean Jones turned the tide in that game when he picked up a fumble and ran it 80 something yards. Uh, barring any kind of weirdness, which I don't anticipate I think Georgia's got this in hand. I think it could get a little sticky towards uh, the end of the second quarter. But, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of reference back to 
that game that we were nervous about uh, a few years back when we were playing at South Carolina and it was close. And then Georgia started uh, steamrolling them in the third quarter when DeAndre Baker picked, got a pick six and, and it just kind of happened there. I think that's kind of the way this game goes. I do sense that there's some feeling out at the beginning. I think there's some fits and starts where it's not just put away early. Uh, Georgia goes in the halftime, potentially up seven, maybe 10. And for this team, that's not that much, but then pulls away towards the end. I like Georgia scoring in the forties. Again, I think Georgia, I don't think Tennessee is going to stop them. They're 110th and FBS on third down efficiency. I think Georgia is going to exploit that. And, uh, Georgia wins, make it nice and clean 42 to 14. 14. Uh, I think Tennessee's got a, got a punch early. I think they've. I think they've got. They've got a little bit of. If this game starts like the Florida game did, the score is not going to be three to nothing, and that's kind of my general thought on this. Um, I think Tennessee comes out with a punch. I think they're going to be dialed up, and I don't think Georgia is going to be dialed up. I just. I think it's going to be hard for them to get dialed up at this point. And uh, and I understand. I would also like if I were dominating people the way that Georgia's been dominating people, and the way that they've dominated Tennessee the last few years. Like we remember all that Tennessee stuff, but these kids don't. Uh, so at a certain level, uh, and maybe Bennett does because he's been. I mean, mm-hmm. like you forget. Also, yeah. also, let's not forget we may all be having these exact same quarterback conversations next year, except True. we're adding Vandergriff to it, and so that'll be fun. Um, but because uh, I don't think Daniels is going pro now. Um, but anyway, that's a later conversation, yeah. obviously. Um, but I can see a punch in the face, punch in the mouth early, and uh, I think Georgia will respond. But I think it may be choppier uh, than I think we would like it to. I can see a little bit of a scare here. Uh, I do think Georgia ultimately wears them down, but I I can see. I'm I don't think Georgia is going to score as many points as we want them to, and I think that will. I think it may be good. It will get rid of that rat poison. <laughs> um, I have to say, I like. That's it's just in the last like two or three years. Saban started. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah Saban started that. Saban started. Thing. And it's just like and it's everywhere now. And it's just like again, it's just ugh. Oh, it's such, I mean, I get the metaphor. I actually do get the metaphor, and I understand it. it tastes good at the time, and then it kills <laughs> you later. I understand, <laughs> but uh, it's just come on. Anyway, um, I, I think I don't think this game. I think this game is going to be tighter than I, I. I think Georgia will have it comfortably in hand in the fourth quarter. But I don't think this is going to be one of those games where you just kind of chill out uh, the whole second half. I'm going to say, because um, I, I think really, I don't think Georgia's going to score as much points as I want them to. I'm going to, because I don't know if they're going to have the, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I think there could be, I'm worried about like turnovers that make it a little crazy. I'm going to say Georgia 31, Tennessee 21. Mm. Um, so when I sit here and look at this game, um, one of the things that it, it occurs to me is that um, no matter how good Tennessee's offense is, their defense has to come on the field. And um, Georgia is uh, in SP+. Plus. They are now in the top five in offense. They're obviously number one with a bullet in defense. Tennessee ranks about the same as Auburn did. So when I think about this game, I think, is there a possibility where Georgia's behind? Sure. That's a possibility where Georgia's behind. It, it could be as much as 10 to three or 10 to seven, 10 to nothing. However, I trust uh, Kirby and Lanning to, to turn it around. Um, when you, when you get down to it, I think Georgia ends up with nine sacks, wins the game 49 to nine. Mm. <laughs> I love it. Is that a score Probably not a score. Last week was a score Yeah. 
Yeah, it was Scorgon. I feel like Scorgon. Okay, I can't, I can't commit to the bid. Forty nine nine is probably. I think. It's, I think it's gonna be. I, honestly, I think the score is gonna be forty to sixteen. But forty sixteen. Yeah, forty to sixteen. I think. I think. Uh, the, the, I think the spread's twenty four and a half. That feels pretty comfortable. So. I think it's closer. I, I really do. Yeah. This is, and I think it'll be good. I think it will be it good will hurt, for them because yeah. uh, Charles Southern is going to be close and George Tech is going to be close. Nope. So, uh, so this is this is the last chance. It's the last chance until the SC Championship game, which is probably going to be against Alabama, and then we are off. But hey, please, everyone, buy your save your money for the nat for the natty because I already have a press pass for that. So <laughs> I don't have to pay for the SEC Championship game. So uh, for the record, I already have my Airbnb in Indianapolis yep. that night. Me too. Uh, Me too. So uh, for the what well, figure out where, where you would connect up and yeah, and do uh, stuff if it if it is if it comes there if yeah. it does come there because I will be in Mattoon because my hometown is an hour and a half from Indianapolis. Oh, that's so easy. I'll, so I'll be there. I will be there all for, for I think from Tuesday up until Wednesday up until the national championship game, and then I'll go up there on Monday. I'd like to make an announcement. You have an Airbnb too. No. I will freely admit, in front of everybody listening, there is no Atlanta sports curse anymore. It is dead. It is buried. <laughs> we didn't I talk buried about it last that. week. I, 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 we almost made it. We almost I made it. I buried it last week. I could not be any happier. Yeah. Just when I woke up the next day, you know, I, 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 w- I went and got my kids up. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think well, I yeah, no, I made my kids except yeah. Vivian. Vivian, she she got a pass. She didn't have to stay up, but I made the boys. And of course, we were all into. There wasn't any question, but you know, build up after build up of eight o'clock games. You know, there was a couple nights where they were like, "Dad, I'm just," and I was like, "That's fine, go." And so I'm, I'm at least at least I have Twitter because I could enjoy game, you know, three and four on Twitter, and then you know the frustration of game five. Um, I I, w- I wasn't sure how I would react. When they finally won. Now, of course, if they would have had, you know, Will Smith closing it down with the tying run on second, that would have been a lot more exuberant. But, you know, I I saw that some people shed a tear. I'm sure that they did. I didn't shed a tear. I was just immensely filled with like a warm joy and just feeling that, okay, we finally got that proverbial monkey off our back that would, it was almost like an albatross. You know that was just, and it was it was uh, it was it was cutting into everything that I that I pull for for Georgia football, Falcons, you know Braves, of course, the Hawks last year making their run. You know where I would always be like the Debbie Downer, looking at it from like almost looking like I'd fallen in the hole and I was looking up and had no rope to to pull myself up. So just I don't know if any of y'all felt the same way, but I am just so at peace and so happy because of all of that. I'll say it out loud. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. It is, I will say, I it is so awesome when your team wins the World Yeah, Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is so yes. awesome. And like, it, it's been fun to see this, to see people that I know I don't root for the team. Sure. But I also, like, I have no, like, I don't really like the stadium and that sort of stuff and the, and the, and the ownership. But, like, I like the players. Oh, the I like players Snicker. are so fun. Uh, I have no antipathy toward the, toward, uh, to a lot of it, it was it was great. It was fun to it's it's exciting to see people. It's just great. And never mind never minding the curse. It's just awesome when your team wins a World Absolutely. Series. Yeah. And 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 it, I, here's something you can look forward to that I can say is a cardinal because you still have seven more to catch up with us. Um, <laughs> is uh, you will not and you may be in luck this year. You will not want spring training to start. Because, because like, you're no longer a World Series champion. Because yeah. it's right. yours. This is yours. And right. I remember I remember it specifically in 07. 11, La Russa had left and Pujols had left. So there was like a little charge. But in like 07, I was, I was like, I don't want like, 
I don't I want to read about baseball. I didn't want them to play baseball. I just wanted to like take a year and just genuflect on the fact that my team was the champion. Well, if and, they can't get labor rights. As I say, if the labor advantage yeah. issue, you may actually get to do that. But that is, that was the, the 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 when they won that World Series in 06, that was the thing. He's like, that's what as you look forward. It's so awesome, and you don't want more baseball to start because you just get to be the champs no matter what happens. Right. Like it's your championship. It's awesome. I was, I was very happy and to have it be from a, just a really likable team. Like it's, yeah. it's yeah. undeniable how likable this Braves team was. Agreed. So much fun. I still so don't think bloopers fun. that interesting. Okay. I can answer your blooper thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. The reason why he, you know, cause I heard you on the post game podcast question. Like I don't get it. And I, I, I totally get that. It's a new mascot. Right. I think he's been around for three or four years. Before that, we had Homer the Brave. It was just like an, you know, a standard, you know, ball on somebody's oh, yeah. shoulders. It was. Kind and before of, that was Chief Nakahoma, which true. I even if you're doing the chop, we can all agree. True. You probably should not be doing yeah. Chief Nakahoma. Yeah, I, I remember going to games and being like, <laughs> "What's he doing?" Um, absolutely, in Fulton that, County, yeah. left center field. Yeah, that's where he was. Um, but I think with Blooper, it's it's come come on strong, and of course, winning a championship doesn't hurt. But one, it's the it's kind of uh, patterned after the Philly fanatic, I would guess you could say, and that crazy guy gritty. for the gritty for Philly, the yeah. Flyers. Um, he's got the dopey eyes, but really, what's done it is two things: whoever the character or characters or the people—they're not characters—the people that are inside them are very. Wait, there are people inside them. <laughs> Sorry to break that to you. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait a minute. Spoiler: <laughs> Is the freeze a person too? <laughs> yes. No, no. Yeah. But but where it's trying to figure stuff out because because they, they they've got the moves down but really where it takes us, takes a cake is social media yeah. the the Twitter account whoever runs it has so much sass that and and like don't care uh, attitude I think that's what's won people over on um, on on the Twitter account and that's pretty much where it's gotten it, it's a social media. Yeah, no wonder um, I don't know what's in, going on. Impacted uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> mascot. Yeah. No wonder I don't understand it. Um, well, good. I, I, I honestly, congratulations in all seriousness. Like, I assume you're going to change your fantasy football name I, I will. very soon. Uh, but after this year. And yeah. I think this is the question, right? Like, uh, I also think that's point. You know what thing. Jinx are you doing this year? I'm not, I'm not doing anything yet. I okay. do think that this is another reason you're hearing people say things like, I'm waiting for the natty. I don't. I think. Sure. I think. You're, I think it's part of it. Yeah. I think. I think the I, people feel like this is the year, and I think the Braves have contributed to that. I hope it is, and I hope so too. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, I hope so. And certainly, it's harder to be fatalist to be like this happens to everyone all no, the time. It's gone when the Braves just won the World it's Series. Gone. Yeah. So uh, good for good good for the Braves. I wish it would have happened with Acuna. Acuna is my favorite player know, on the Braves. I know. So uh, I wish that could have happened with that, but. Uh, and by the way, uh, last thing on this little Freddie Freeman thing, I was talking to people at a tailgate uh, uh, outside the stadium yesterday, uh, on Saturday, and they're like, "So, Will, you write about baseball a lot with the Freeman stuff. Is there still loyalty in baseball, or is he going to go somewhere else?" And I was like, no, "No, no, you're framing it entirely wrong. <laughs> Thank you. You're framing it entirely wrong. Like the first five years of Freddie Freeman's career, he made the minimum. The Braves made a ton of money off having this really good player who made a minimum salary." No one like the loyal thing would be to pay him back for those times that he was underpaid. But the loyalty always get puts on the it's put on the player. Yeah, it's always like, well, is Freeman going to be loyal? Loyal to who? Literally, name me a couple executives on the Braves that you care so much about. You're rooting for the players. You're not rooting for the corporation. You're yep. rooting for the players. So the idea Give that him six years and two hundred forty yeah. million, do it. Like do it. it. Like mm. it is. I have to say, like if if they get cheap with Freeman, 
be concerned mm-hmm. because like no one deserves it more. No, even if, even if they'll trade Acuna next yeah. year in September, it's just it's a, it was it's a bad sign if they try to lowball him. It doesn't matter because your team just won the World Series, so <laughs> there's no bad feelings. I get it. I was even that upset when Pujols left because the Cardinals had just won the World Series, right. so I get it. But uh, so but it turned out to be a good move. Yes, but I do think that when we talk about Freeman in the weeks to come, and it's possible there's going to be a lockout in three weeks, and we're not going to be having any free agent talk. But if if that doesn't happen, or if it gets extended, or whatever when i do think there's a tendency to frame these things as is freddie going to be loyal to the braves or is he going to go somewhere else but that is not the way to think about it are the braves going to be loyal to freddie freeman or are they not going to be loyal to freddie freeman i think that's that's the correct way to frame that and so if something happens if freddie freeman leaves the braves blame the braves don't blame freddie freeman I mean, unless they put six years, two hundred forty million on the table, and he takes the lesser deal. Yeah, yeah, right. Which, they, 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 which is impossible to imagine. Yes, like okay. and Great. so anyway. Okay, congratulations to the Braves. It's awesome. Thank so much you. fun stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm glad you finally admitted something that I admitted after Atlanta United won. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Now I'm now it's almost like oh yeah, and we got that. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. that's it's, a whole. It's different. like oh six and eleven. Like now you're willing to acknowledge it. Now you're like I'll yeah, acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. It. I was so happy in. 2000 something when they won I, the championship of the league thing, they play the stuff <laughs> was it 18 when they did it it was it was right after it was right after the uh yeah. it was it was 18 it okay was, yeah. it was december of 18 yeah, yeah. right december of 18 it was awesome it was very cool it was very loud but um anyway and they did it at home as the only bummer is the Braves didn't do it yeah but either way uh there's not you know there's not been the team to win a world series at home since 2013 it's the last okay. time that happened it's a Fenway Red Sox. Yeah, visiting team curse. Mm-hmm. I mean, home team curse. Anyway, okay, moving on. Uh, we'll all go on with our days. Everyone uh, be safe out there. Uh, we'll be back next week to preview that one. And otherwise, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Make sure to keep up with us on social media. We're posting most frequently on Twitter, but Instagram is also a thing for us. You can follow us on both at the same handle, at WSLS Podcast. We'll be back on Sunday with our post-game podcast sharing our thoughts on what went right for Georgia versus the Volunteers. So have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on campus very soon. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.